This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 68, For the Love of Cake, my interview with Melissa Kimball. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast this week, and happy November! Can you believe it? We are in the month of November. (laughs) I'm going to take a deep breath, because this is where my life really ramps up, with Thanksgiving coming, and Christmas coming, and then... Christmas is done and then it all just cuts off, right? Like, and then I find myself kind of wandering around going, what am I going to do with myself? So I'm glad that I have this because I'll know exactly what I'm doing with my life. I will be talking to each of you each week. So I am excited to bring to you this podcast this week. Um, If you don't remember, I am starting an interview series once a month. I've interviewed people a lot on my podcast, actually, but this is a set thing that I'm going to do. The first Monday of every month is going to be an interview with uh, a woman in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who is going after her passion outside of motherhood. And she's going to be able to share her experiences with each of you. And I'm excited for today's guest. She is amazing. She's one of those people I seriously look up to. She's one of those people, I don't know how they're like this. I want to know the secret. But she has four children and her house always looks immaculate. I'm sure she would deny that. But I have been to her house a few times and it's never been a mess. So I don't believe her if she does say that. (laughs) Anyway, she is an amazing cake decorator. Amazing. And I really appreciate when people can make good art out of edible things. And Melissa definitely has this talent. So I'm excited for her to share her experiences with you and how she came upon this passion and why she decided to turn it into a business. And just all of her wisdom. She is such a wise woman. She has it all together, it seems like to me. (laughs) I think we're a little bit alike in some ways. I think that's probably not so great to say right after she's like, she has it all together. I definitely don't have it all together, but she does. She appears to have it all together, and I really admire her and the product that she makes. If you have been following me on social media, you will know, and I'll talk about this in the podcast, is that she has made cakes for my daughter, Lindsay, for her birthday. She made a frozen cake. And then for our annual family dinner, where we introduce our family theme, she uh, made a cake for that this year. And they were stunning, absolutely stunning and gorgeous. And unbelievable. So if you hop on over actually to my website at the acowlife.com, you can definitely check out pictures of those cakes. And if you live in the St. Louis area, Melissa is your girl. You want to go to her for any special occasion for a special cake that is truly made with love and 
passion behind it. She loves what she does and she creates a great product. So I am going to let Melissa really honor you with all of her words of wisdom and I hope you enjoy the interview. Well, I'm excited this week to have my friend and amazing cake decorator, Melissa Kimball, on the podcast. Melissa, can you say hi to my listeners, please? Hi. Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited you're here. I'm so excited that you were willing to do this because I think you're a very talented lady who has a lot of insight that will be shared with my listeners today. So can you give us a brief, yeah, can you give us a brief introduction of yourself so that my listeners know who you are and a little bit about you? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. So I'm a Midwest girl at heart. Um, came from a big family, five sisters and one brother. Um, I originally went off to school and, uh, at BYU and, uh, studied elementary education I, I guess I always wanted to be a teacher. And so that's kind of what I, what I did. But if I'm being honest, I think I always just kind of planned on getting married and being a mom, which is really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, marriage didn't happen when I thought it would and babies didn't happen when I thought it would. So I ended up teaching for a lot longer than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And um, so I taught for eight years, uh, first, second, and third grade, and which I absolutely loved. But when our oldest daughter was born, then I happily retired and got to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a stay-at-home mom. So now we live in St. Louis. We have four kids. My oldest is Anna. She's 13. And then Madeline is 11. Ethan is nine. And Grace is four. So up until recently, that's pretty much how I would describe myself as a former teacher and a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Great. Grace was a surprise, right? Grace was a surprise. Yeah, I was kind of at that stage where I was ready to kind of move on to that next phase. And um, God had a different plan. Yes, and (laughs) And, she's adorable. So so. I, yeah, we love her. And she's been such a great blessing. But yeah, I still have that little one at home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it keeps you young, I've decided. So it does. It does. <laughs> In good ways and bad ways, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully all good ways. Hopefully all good ways. Right. <laughs> well, you just... I Yeah, go ahead. She brings kind of a light to our family and, you know, my husband Matt says all the time every household should have a should have a 3 or 4 year old in their house. Mhm. Yeah, they're just that's a such an awesome age. I love that age. So we're just getting into that age with Miller. And he is it's just fun. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, great. Well, now I know why you're the primary president of your ward, because you're totally dialed into kids and you can take that. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been nice to use my teaching skills. And and I have I have loved I've loved doing that. It's been really great to be with the kids and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, a good experience. So, yeah, I've been doing that for almost three years now. So just, yeah. just finished the primary program. So Whew, That's over. <laughs> that's good. I know. Yeah. I'm the uh, – I don't know if you know this, but I'm the um, primary chorister now in our ward. So oh, I love that yes, calling. That is 
that is an important job and even more important in this next coming year. Yes. It's all me. It's all you. It's all you. (laughs) Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Well, that's really awesome. And I think that love for your kids and the love of being a mom, I think you're a great mom and I really admire you and how talented you are. And for years, I have admired one of your talents a lot where you every year or whenever your kids have a birthday, you post a picture of a cake that you have made for your kid's birthday. And they are not anything that I would make. (laughs) Mine is like, (laughs) um, well, I tried or I went and bought it. That's usually my take on birthday cakes. (laughs) So... You make these gorgeous cakes that are just over the top, beautiful, like very professional. <laughs> so what oh, made you, you want to make the cakes instead of buy them? And how did you know that you wanted to really make them like a work of art instead of just be like, I'm going to throw a cake mix into a nine by 13 pan and slap some <laughs> frosting on it and some sprinkles? <laughs> like what kind of... <laughs> What kind of made you decide to do it? Uh, I guess my mom always made cakes for our birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she had all the cake decorating tips. And so I just grew up watching her. And I also, my grandmother also um, made like wedding cakes. And so when we'd go over to her house, I'd see all of her cake stuff out. So I think I just, I just grew up thinking that, you know, that's what moms did. Like I, it never really occurred to me to buy a cake. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of, that was just what I could do. And I think I just really wanted to create a special day for my kids that they would remember. And Mm -hmm. so I just kind of thought that making this special cake that would represent who they were at that point in their life Mm -hmm. um, just seemed like the kind of tradition that um, would accomplish that and that I wanted to start. So that's kind of how it, how it started, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like, you know, when, did I think about wanting to make them a work of art? No, I actually didn't. That <laughs> was really kind of a gradual thing. Um, you know, my first cake was a uh, Dora cake when Anna was two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went, I went to Michael's, I bought a special Dora cake pan, a few piping tips, and probably like 10 different specialized gel colors mm-hmm. that, you know, you had to color like all of these different colors. And then you had to tediously type each one. Um, with mm-hmm. these little stars all over the cake and mm-hmm. it totally took hours to do and in the end you know it looked just like the picture it looks okay Anna mm-hmm. loved it mm-hmm. and it tasted horrible <laughs> because like all of that frosting color mm-hmm. you know it just totally <laughs> ruins the taste completely inedible uh-huh. for Matt and I, I I'm sure Anna ate it but mm-hmm. anyway after that experience I just decided that if I was going to invest that much time and money into a cake, but I wanted it to be more than just, you know, a paint by numbers cake. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be something unique and, and something that I truly created mm-hmm. and I wanted it to taste good. Mm-hmm. So every cake after that was just building one skill at a time. There was no like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, it was just learning, learning something new every time. And and trying to pick a cake or a design that would teach me those skills. I mean, to this day, I learn something new with every cake. 
mm-hmm. which is why I think it's so fun for me. So every cake is a new challenge and a new opportunity to learn and increase my skills, which I find really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. So do you make your cakes or do you do a box? That's what I want to know. I do a combination. I have experimented with so many different recipes and some of my recipes, I really like the scratch ones Mm -hmm. and other recipes. I have found that I like there are, there's a special recipe that I use that uses a cake mix. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a doctor's cakes mix. It starts off with a cake mix, but then I add a whole bunch of stuff to it. Mm -hmm. And in all of my taste tests, the people always choose that over the total made by scratch one. Mm-hmm. So I, that is kind of my go-to recipe um, mm-hmm. that I use. And so it, it kind of starts with that base and it depends on the recipe, but I kind of just use what I think is the best and what works best. You kind of have to have a cake that is going to be firm enough to stand mm-hmm. up to the decorating and the stacking. Um, but you want something that's not going to be dry and is going to be moist and delicious. And so, um, what I found is kind of a good, is a good mix between that. Yeah. You know, I had a friend when we lived in Michigan and she made cakes and she said, I use cake mixes. She's like, there's companies that spend millions and millions of dollars trying to perfect this. Why would I try and like do it myself? But I do understand, like, I think it's cool that you use that maybe as a base, but then build upon it and make it your own because there is something to, you can tell when it's like a box cake as opposed to something that a little extra has gone into that. So I think that's cool. Yeah. By the time I add all of the ingredients, it really, it really is more like a scratch cake. Right. Um, It has, you know lots of special things in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. One of the reasons I really love your cakes is because I think that people can make beautiful cakes and it can look amazing, but yours look amazing and taste amazing. So that's huge. That's the goal. (laughs) Yes. But they look amazing. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that can maybe make a really nice, yummy cake that people would love to eat, but sometimes it doesn't always look the best, but you present your cakes in such a beautiful way. Like I just have to tell my listeners, she's made two cakes for me. She made one for my daughter for her birthday. It was a um, frozen inspired cake. I gave her a picture. It looked exactly like it. It was awesome. And then she made one for our family for a special dinner that we do every year. And I gave her a picture and it looked exactly like it. It actually looked better, I think. So (laughs) So it was, they're just gorgeous cakes. So have you always been artistic and really enjoyed being artistic with baking? Or was this kind of a newfound talent that came as you started making these cakes for your kids? Because you know, it's not just slapping on frosting. I mean, you make flowers that look really authentic. You make, you know, decorations. I know I've seen like you did that cake for our friend that was like a wicked, um, it was like, what was it? And right, Hamilton. Yeah, it was like right, a Broadway uh-huh. theme. And it was so gorgeous. And so have you always been artistic or has it just kind of come as you have done this? 
No, you know, it's interesting. I have a couple of sisters who have always been dubbed the artists of the family. You know, they, mm-hmm. they were in APR. They were constantly doing watercolors and, and portraits. And I just, you know, I because they did all of that, I never really considered myself artistic because I didn't really enjoy and didn't, I didn't really feel I was especially good at drawing and painting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've even had some of my sisters say now, like, wow, I had no idea you could do this. And mm-hmm. I guess I kind of surprised myself a little bit too. I don't think I realized that I had that in me, but I think I just, I think I had a very narrow view of what artistic was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think artistic and creativity can just come in so many forms. When I think about it, I've always loved to create. You know, when I was in high school, it was on the stage in my musical theater days. Mm-hmm. And in the classroom as a teacher, I love to create lessons and, and things like that, visual aids and things like that, that would enhance my teaching. And now as a mom, um, you know, I would sew my kids dresses and create, you know, baptismal dresses or blessing dresses for them. And now it's baking a cake. So I think mm-hmm. there's just so many ways to be creative and artistic mm-hmm. and you know, as for the baking thing, yeah, I think I've always had kind of a sweet tooth. So, um, <laughs> you know, I've always found an excuse to bake. <laughs> That's uh-huh. probably always been there. Yeah. The artistry definitely came later as just kind of a, um, a fun thing that I found just was a great creative outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is so great what you just shared that, you know, you've been artistic in different ways over your life and things have just kind of changed and morphed as your life has changed and the needs for your creativity have changed. And I think that that's a great example that you don't have to be totally dialed into one creative endeavor. Like we as women, I think can be very creative in a lot of different ways. And I think that being a mother really does allow for that in a lot of ways, because we do Mm -hmm. have to be creative in you know, the things that we present for our children for, say, their birthdays or holidays or even helping them and learning different things. And, you know, you said you sewed for your girls and, you know, making dresses for them. And I think that that's really, really cool. So I'm glad you found your baking art- artistic side so that everybody could. Yeah. And I I think it morphs throughout your mm-hmm. life, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the stage of your life and and where you are and, and, and maybe what the need is for mm-hmm. your family and for those around you at the time. So I think if you're, you're open to, to learning new things, um, you know, you can discover a lot of hidden talents and new parts of your personality that you, maybe you didn't know existed before. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you've been making these cakes for your kids. And I kept thinking, I really hope she does this as a business so that I can ask her to to make a cake. (laughs) And I don't, I think I had a conversation with you and I was like, you need to start a business. And you're like, I am. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) So when did you decide to turn the hobby of just doing your kids' birthday cakes into a business? What made that transition for you? So, you know, I think every mom goes through this. You get to the stage of your life where you see your kids are getting to that point where they're not going to be around all the time mm-hmm. and you're going to be sending them off to school. And then it can be a crisis point, I think, for some women, because there's this, what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. how am I going to fill my time? How am I going to find fulfillment? 
if I'm just sitting at home all day. And I think a lot of women feel like, okay, I need to, I need to go back to work. And, and I thought about that as I thought about teaching, um, going back to teaching, it's just, I just didn't have the same passion for it that I once had. Um, Mm -hmm. Just having been in the classroom for so many years and having experienced that and, and knowing the toll that it would take and how that might affect my family after school. And it never really felt right. And so, you know, I kind of had this question in the back of my mind, okay, you know, what should I be doing? And as I thought about it just this past year, at my house, we have birthday season. So all of my kids kind of have their birthdays, May, April, or April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, when I was doing this, like June would come around and Madeline's birthday would be done. And I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I'm glad to put mm-hmm. the cake stuff away for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with that. But recently, I kind of was getting to the point where I was kind of sad that it was over. Like, I was just kind of this feeling of letdown, like, oh, I don't have a cake to design. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, something like that to do. And so I, it kind of just dawned on me that I would enjoy doing this more. And, and why should I stop? Like, I could, I could do this all the time. And that would be kind of fun. And, and it was that thought that just mm-hmm. sparked this excitement and got and kind of made me happy. You know, one of my favorite parts of creating cakes for my kids was just seeing the happiness in their face when they saw the cake for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I discovered that that was what I was really passionate about, that I really just wanted to share that with others. Then the idea kind of sparked from there and getting encouragement from family and friends and hearing people like yourself tell me that, you know, hey, you're good enough to do this. People will buy your cakes. People will be interested. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of just gave me the encouragement to move forward. That is so cool because I think, to me, it's a great example (laughs) of how Heavenly Father will use our talents for our benefit in more ways than one. Like definitely your talent benefits you and your family, but it's now he's like, okay, you've developed this awesome talent and now it makes you happy and it brings you joy. And now you can use it to make other people happy and bring them joy as well, as well as, you know, provide a little bit of extra income for your family and still be able to be at home and have your role as a mom the way that you want it. And so you can kind of dictate your own schedule where, you know, if you went back to work, which I'm not saying some for some women that is totally the best option for them. But for you, you're like, I just don't know that that would fit into what I want for my family right now. And yet this does. And so you're still being able to create and do beautiful things and make a lot of people happy instead of just your kids. So I'm really grateful for for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Okay. So you've started this business. How long have you been in business for exactly? Uh, I started in July of 2018. So really, it's just been about four months. Yeah, so that's not crazy. Long. No. Okay, so tell me some things that you've learned from starting your business. Well, I, I guess I kind of expected that pricing would be difficult. That was always the thing that I was mm-hmm. most concerned about. So, you know, I, I had to do a lot of research on that. Um but I have had to also kind of learn to be confident in my pricing and my skills. And that has grown as, as I've just done it and had success and had good experiences and 
with each of those experiences, you know, my confidence grows and I feel better about it. But, you know, I've talked to many bakers who really get burnt out and the joy that they once had in designing and making cakes kind of disappears because Mm -hmm. they're doing so many cakes at a price that just doesn't compensate them for their time and, Mm -hmm. and investment. So, you know, I've had to just learn, and this is something that you've said to me and my husband has said to me multiple times just Mm -hmm. to learn who my client is and, and what my specialty is. I'm, I am not a volume business. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing this to compete with our local grocery store. So mm-hmm. I find joy and fulfillment in the creative process, putting my whole heart and soul into each cake that I make. So it's important to just kind of keep that in mind that I don't have to say yes, and I don't have to get every cake order out there. And it's okay if, you know, my quote for a cake or my style or what I'm going to do doesn't fit what somebody else needs. You know, I may not be the right designer for them, but you know, I, I just have to be confident that there are those people out there and that, um, you know, that this is, this is my business model. This is what I'm going after. And then the other thing is just that I have learned that it's really important to prioritize my time. I, I'm the kind of person that I, when I get passionate about something, it can kind of take over my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I let it. Mm -hmm. And I have to make sure that I put limits um, on the time that I spend so that I can maintain balance in my life. And, and that too kind of prevents burnout because I think when you like, Mm -hmm. like manically go at something and and you lose the balance in your life, then, then sometimes you can lose that joy and excitement for that as well, because it just gets to be too much. So I have to really, I have to make sure balance that I'm still doing all of the other things that bring me joy and peace in my life and the life of my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some really good points that you made there. First, I think it is really wise that you know who your client is, right? Because you aren't the person who's just going to go pick up like a dozen cupcakes at the grocery store, which is great for some people. But you know, there's people out there that really appreciate the time and effort that go into the cakes that you make and what that means and the beauty that is created individually and how unique they are. And I think that you have, I'm glad that you're realizing that because I I did keep telling you, I'm like, they're not your clients. Like you can't go chasing <laughs> after the people that are just like, I'm just fine with, you know, cupcakes from the store, which is great. You know, that will right. be for some people, but there's other people out there that want a really nice custom made cake. And those are the people that you have to find. There just might be a little bit harder to find. Right. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's okay that there's not as many of those out mm-hmm. there. Um, because, you know, like I said, I'm not a volume business and I don't think I would be happy doing that. I know mm-hmm. there are, there are bakers out there that are pushing out, you know, five to 10 cakes a week. Mm-hmm. And, I know that that's not what would be healthy for me or my family at this time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have to I have to keep that in mind too. Yeah, and I like how you really said, you know, you have to prioritize your time because I I was thinking I'm like, yeah, cuz if you're eating, it's just like if you ate cake for every meal, you would hate cake after a while, right? right? You would get sick of right. it. Which sometimes I feel like right. because <laughs> there's a lot of sampling that goes on. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing when you have a business or when you're doing anything. If you're doing it all of the time, it you're going to burn out on it if you don't really compartmentalize your time and your focus because you just can't. You have to have diversity and you have to make sure that the priorities that you have in your life are really set and that you consciously focus on those priorities because I can be like you too where I can be like totally dialed into something and if I'm not careful then my family suffers. And so I'm learning, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm learning to be better about like, okay, I'm not working now. Like I'm with my family and Mm -hmm. there's times when I work and there's times when I'm like do stuff with my family and I'm focused on them. So I think that that's a really good self-realization and a really good thing for my listeners to make sure that they're doing too, as they pursue their passions and go after something that they want to do. So that's really awesome. Definitely. So you've only been in it really for four months. Are you glad that you started your business? Do you have any regrets? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I definitely am glad. I, and, and no, as of now, I do not have any regrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's, it's all trending positive. Um, I have, I have definitely felt that I found that it is fulfilling in a way that is just totally different from teaching or being a mom. Uh-huh. And not that, you know, I have never felt like I was just a mom. Like I've always believed that being a mom is really the most important job that I could ever do. And I've, I've been proud of my career choice to be a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. but there is definitely a satisfaction that comes from finding success outside the realm of my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, it makes me happy to be able to create something beautiful for someone and to know that it has value to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's something, that's something that's kind of new for me. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're at home and you're a mom and your, your life is your kids and, you know, you outside of the, you know, the great hugs and I love you's and you're the best mom in the whole world. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of, um, you know, nobody gives me a promotion. Nobody, nobody it's gives me, raise. A, you know, a, a raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not getting that, and 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 you're not getting that adult interaction. And mm-hmm. so, having something else is just kind of, I don't know. It's reminded me. It's centered me and reminded me more of who I who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that there's more to me than than just this one aspect of my life. So. So Mm -hmm. it's been really, it's been really great, really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Great. So I think that that is, I totally agree with all of that. And that's like, you know, my big push is that I want women to really honor their motherhood and focus on their motherhood, but then realize that they're a person too, and that they have gifts and talents that they need to, um, you know, explore and grow. But I think really, what I'm hoping for myself, at least in my business, is that I'm showing my children too that they have d- gifts and talents that they need to grow and they need to be passionate about things in their life that are unique to them. So, have you seen any effects so far on your kids with you starting this business and maybe the way that they think about it? Like, what are their thoughts, do you know, about you having this business? Yeah, you know, I was just asking one of my daughters yesterday. I said, "So, you know, what do you what do you think about this? Um, 
what do you think about me? And she starting this business. And of course, the first thing she said was, I love it. We get to eat cake scraps all the time. <laughs> you know, and yeah. Grace has this, has this discovered a pretty insatiable appetite for fondant, which she expects almost every day. Mm-hmm. But um, in, you know, in seriousness, she said that she thought it was really cool. And she was really excited to tell her friends about what her mom does. And, mm-hmm. and that they get all of these, you know, to see these beautiful cakes. So I think they're, I think they're proud of me. And mm-hmm which is great. It's a good feeling to know that your kids are proud of you for something that you're doing. But, you know, I I think it's because I'm showing them it's important to learn new things and develop your talents at any age and at any stage in your life. Mm -hmm. But it just, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because I made the choice to be a stay at home mom, that that doesn't mean that that is all there is to my life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that I'm, there's more, there's more depth and there's more, you know, there's more part of me than just that. And, you know, I think for a lot of women, you know, that, like I mentioned earlier, it can be a crisis point when your kids suddenly Mm -hmm. start to grow up and then eventually leave the house. And if all you have done is wrapped up in, in just them, then I think it can be a really difficult transition. So Mm -hmm. it's important to not forget who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, because I'm kind of getting to that point too. you know, my oldest is 13. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, she only has like five more years at home. And then she's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it's really good. Because I'm like, I have this thing now that I'm developing for myself. But it also makes me I've found for me, at least it makes me appreciate being their mother more and the time that I have with them. And I know that it's so precious. And so yeah, it, it sounds like it wouldn't do that for most people. But for me, it has like where I'm like, I appreciate and love being a mom a lot more now that I'm developing myself, because I can see the difference between the two where I'm like, I love developing myself. And I think that's so important. And I love helping women in following their passions. But at the same time, I'm like, it makes me just be like, but my real passion is my kids and I love them and I am so glad that I can be their mom. And so I have this good balance, although I think balance is kind of really hard to reach in life, but it's a good um, two sides of who I am and I feel more complete. And so then I show up as a mom better, which I think should be every woman's goal is to be the best mom that they can be. And if that means that you're developing your talents and you're going after them and you're growing a business, say, or you're going back to school or you're, you know, going back to work, if it's all driven towards, I want to be a better mom and a more complete person, then I think it's a win for everybody. So I think that's awesome that your kids love what you're doing and that they can see that and that they can see, I, they may not say this, but I'm sure they can see the joy that it brings you and it brings them joy too, because they get to eat a lot of cake, right? So <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it's not so good for our waistlines, but you yeah. know, <laughs> there is always cake at our house. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have some kids that would probably come over and eat it if you ever need it. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So if any of my listeners say are thinking of starting a home bakery business, do you have any tips for them on what they should take into consideration or, you know, think about before they jump in? Yeah. So 
I think the biggest thing is to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out all of your costs in figuring out your pricing. And you need to do research as to what people are charging in your area. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to do that not so that you can undercut other bakers, but so that you can be in the same range. You know, I've gone to professional bakeries that have a brick and mortar storefront, and I've talked to people who are home bakers. And I've gone to the grocery stores and, and seen what I've gotten, what you can get there and, and tried to look at my product and how it compares and, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But the third piece is you do have to figure out all your costs, um, even the hidden ones that you don't really think about, like electricity and wear and tear on your oven and appliances and make sure that you're pricing your goods accordingly. And I think a lot of people forget about that. I mean, I had to break down all of my recipes and figure out what a teaspoon of vanilla actually cost me. And, you know, by doing that, then I could figure out exactly what my base cost is. You know, how much does it actually cost to make an eight inch cake? What Mm -hmm. is my, uh, what's my overhead? And all of that is really essential in order to figure out what price you need to charge. One of the most frustrating aspects of the bakery business is that there really is not a set standard for prices. Mm -hmm. So someone who doesn't really care or think about making a profit or even recouping their costs can set a really low price that can drive down the value of our product across the whole industry, which I have tried to really think about. I am not in this business to necessarily make money. It is more of a passion for me and Mm -hmm. an interest for me. But at the same time, it has to be worth my time that I'm taking away from my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it certainly can't eat into our, um, our finances. So, Mm -hmm. and I also don't want to be like the baker out there that undercuts all of these other really talented bakers. So I've Mm -hmm. tried to price my cakes, what I think is a fair price and what I think is comparable for the area that I live in. I don't think that most people think about everything that really goes into making a custom cake. And so the most common mistake for home bakers is to undervalue their talents and their time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the overwhelming complaint that you hear on, you know, different cake forms that I'm, I'm a part of. And I think, you know, there's just so many baking and cake reality shows on television. Now they all Mm -hmm. make it look super easy. You know, you can make Mm -hmm. this fabulous cake in a 30 minute episode. And of course, none of them really talk about how much time and effort it goes into making it. And Mm -hmm. nor do they ever tell you what they sell them for. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, for the average viewer, they're like, sweet, I'll pick one of those up. And Mm -hmm. they're not really you know, dialed into what, what goes into making that cake. So my advice to to people that are being home baker that want to start this is just be aware that that is kind of a perception out there. And I think we all can help change that perception by making sure that, you know, people understand, you know, the value of our product and, you know, what exactly goes into it. And if you do your homework, then you'll, you kind of learn that. You kind of figure out like, oh, you know, I I can't charge this or I will be losing money. And that's not a business. So, Right. Such good points. I think that is such good insight because I think you brought up a good point that, you know, while these reality TV shows are really amazing and they show these amazing cakes, like what is the show Cake Boss or whatever, you know, they make those huge cakes. And I'm like, I'm sure that was thousands of dollars. 
thousands and they are they of dollars. Are. <laughs> they are absolutely thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're going to yeah. go down to the local grocery store and just be like, hey, you know, they're not going to make you that cake, right. that same cake. Yeah. And I think that you bring up a really good point too in valuing yourself and your talents. And I think that that's something that we do so often. We undercut ourselves, not like it's reflected in the price, but really it starts with what we think about ourselves and our talents and what our talents are worth and the gifts that we have mm-hmm. to give to people. Because I think, I think especially in the church, there's so much, you know, that we do through service that we mm-hmm. think, oh, I can never charge for this because it's just a, a talent I have and I should be able to share it with people and I shouldn't right. have to charge all this. But I'm like, no, that's not the way that it works. Like it's a talent that God has given you. Yes. That sometimes you are going to use to serve other people, but you mm-hmm. are going to use it too, to bring in money or at least cut, e- you know, break even so that you're not, you know, tapping into the resources from your normal family income. And, and that we as women really need to value what we have to offer other people and not under sell ourselves. Because then it's like what you said is that the whole um, industry kind of comes down and it, the whole mm-hmm. thing becomes harder for those people who are really are trying to make it a business and are like, no, this is really the cost. And people are like, but this person over here can give it to me for so much less. And you're like, but they're not making any money, you know? And it's, yeah. And it's hard because, um, the, the consumer doesn't care, right? They don't care. They're just like, it costs this much money, but you want to find those consumers that are like, no, I do care because this took a lot of effort and a lot of time. And this cake is so much different because of the talents that this person put into it. And that's why I buy cakes from you now, because I'm like, she's super talented. So, and I enjoy that and I (laughs) appreciate that. Well, you had so many great insights and I am so excited to share this with my listeners. So just in closing, how has starting this business and developing your talents helped you and how you feel about yourself? I think you kind of already answered that, but do you have anything else to add? Well, yeah, you know, I, it's been interesting as I, as I thought about that, I, I kind of feel like it's filled a hole that I didn't even realize I had, you know, talked about how as a mom, you, you put so much of yourself into your home and your kids that it's really easy to kind of forget who you are and what makes you a unique, intelligent and talented individual. And I think whenever you're pushing yourself to learn new things, creating something beautiful and unique, you can really get a glimpse of your true divine potential. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a couple of weeks ago at conference, it's something just totally stood out to me. Elder Gong was telling the story about Elder Scott, um, who watercolored, and he had mentioned that Elder Scott had said that painting really helped him to observe and to create. And then he uh, shared this quote from Elder Scott that I loved. He said, Attempt to be creative, even if the results are modest. Creativity can engender a spirit of gratitude for life and for what the Lord has woven into your being. And I just love that. I think that perfectly describes how I feel about what I do. For me, having the opportunity to create and find success in this new passion um, of mine has helped me to remind me, I guess, of the parts of me that I felt were maybe a little lost. You know, I know that 
my passion for making birthday and wedding cakes isn't going to like change the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, it is just cake. But being to able to create something beautiful that then becomes a centerpiece and a tangible memory of maybe one of the most important days in someone's life mm-hmm. is truly an honor. And I always feel very blessed to be a part of that. So awesome. Such a great way to end. And you're so insightful. And I so appreciate your well, willingness to come on today. So thank you. I, it's, it's been a neat opportunity and I'm very appreciative of your support and, and your encouragement, um, which has been, you know, super influential for me too. So I appreciate it. Good. I'm so glad. Well, thank you, Melissa. And I hope everybody who lives in the St. Louis area checks out your business. Can you tell us the name of your business and where they can find you? Yes, it's um, my business is called For the Love of Cake. And I have a Facebook page that you can find. You can look um, at my name or you can look up For the Love of Cake. And um, there's photos there of all of my work and um, would love to make cakes for anyone that has a special occasion. Yeah, you should. You won't regret it. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Melissa, for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you, Megan. I hope you loved that interview. And I hope you want to order a cake now from Melissa because you should. She's just brilliant. And I thought when I was interviewing her, as she gave her answers, I was like, I couldn't have scripted this any better if I had. She really, I think, speaks exactly to the message that I'm trying to get out there, that we as women need to have our own things that bring out who we are as individuals, and that that is something that really makes us better moms which, as Melissa said, and I totally 100% agree with, is our most important role in life. I would never, ever, ever deny that. And so I hope that none of my messages ever take away from that sacred and important role. Everything I'm doing is trying to help you be a better mom by improving yourself, by fulfilling and going after the talents that Heavenly Father has given you. And Melissa is totally 100% doing that. And she's blessing definitely my life and so many other lives as well. And most importantly, as her family's and her own. So go check her out on Facebook at For the Love of Cake. And you can find links to her website and her, or she doesn't have a website, but to her Facebook page in the show notes, as well as at the acowlife.com under the podcast tab. All right, everybody have a fabulous first week of November, and I will catch you next week. If by chance you didn't listen to a cup of Joel yesterday, please make sure you do that. I love Joel. I don't know anybody who doesn't love Joel. And if they don't, well, then it's their problem. (laughs) All right, everybody have a great week. Bye-bye.